So, all right, welcome to Let's Talk Records. Um, I'm Jen, and this is Emily. And hi, like the rest of the world, uh, we're going to talk to you about All Too Well, the 10 minute version, Taylor's version, um, mm-hmm. released um, felt November really 12th, maybe. I think you're right. Um, let's see, November 12th, you are correct. It came along with the re release of Red. Um, mm-hmm. and this is all part of Taylor's, um, mission to re-record all of the albums that she unfortunately no longer owns due to industry men being terrible and contracts being shady and shifty and weird. And, um, that's okay because she's going to make it better. And now we're getting songs from the vault of each album that she's re-recording and all too well, 10 minutes was one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So good. Who can make a 10 minute song and still keep it interesting and captivate you the whole time? Andrew McMahon. That is so so true. That's so funny that you said that. I literally wrote notes. I was like, this is Constantine. Constantine walked so all too well could fucking thrive in the world. Yes. Um, But it's rare that you see an artist do this. Um, Mm -hmm. But is it interesting that both songs are about like nostalgic heartbreak? Yes. Pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that's the only thing you could really talk about for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's a pattern. So the challenge is out there though. If anyone wants to write a 10 minute song about something else and Mm -hmm. keep it interesting, we'd love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge. (laughs) I love that. Um, it, it's interesting. So had, had you heard the original version before? So I had, um, like once I heard this one, I was like, oh yeah, I've heard this before. Cause quite honestly, um, I was like, I actually, I know of the song, but I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard it before. Um, I think I had only like consciously listened to the version that Dan Campbell from the wonder years had covered a couple years ago for a charity compilation. Um, but it sounded familiar, like, you know, I feel like it's just one of those songs that you hear. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds so familiar. I must've heard it somewhere. But in 2012, I was definitely not a Taylor Swift fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was not in the hype of the original. Were you? No, I mean, I think to me, this is going to sound so bad and then people are going to be mad at me for saying this. I kind of found her to be chuggy. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Because <laughs> I that, just, well, that's, it was a certain type of person that we were in like high school and then college. Yeah. With, yeah. And it didn't, it didn't feel like there was a space for me to be a Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. Um, but also it wasn't a club I was like trying to join. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I hate saying that because now I have so much more respect for her previous stuff than I ever have. Um, And I think that's maybe just due to her opening up more as she grew into this industry and like just hearing more about like the things that she had to go through and um, and how that shaped her into the artist that she is now. So I definitely was not a huge fan there were like I, I really didn't become a fan until she released um so 1980 1989, 1989. Was, yeah. yeah yeah that was a great album um that I was probably my like first really positive introduction to Taylor Swift I was working at redacted cupcake shop during that time and that album was all over the playlist mm-hmm. um 
So that one, I kind of like had to listen to, um, whether I wanted to or not. And, um, it was so, it was really good. Mm -hmm. And I think that one was really interesting. I just feel like red did it a little bit. Cause I do remember when, um, like we are never, ever, ever getting back together came out and people were hype on that. And that had some like fun imagery and she did some cool, like, um, award show performances for that. And then everyone knows the Kanye thing. So like, I mean, we all knew who she was and, you know, a little bit of what she was doing, even if you weren't a fan, but 1989 was so just like gorgeous in every way. The album was gorgeous. All of the visuals she came out with were so wild and cool. Yeah. Um, it was like hard to ignore, but I did actively enjoy that one. Yeah. That's because Jack Antonoff helped produce it. So yeah, that's <laughs> when they first started working together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. You can, that's why you can tell. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but that was a good one. <laughs> Lover is a good one. And then obviously she just like swept me off my feet with folklore. So and I did quite like reputation. Yeah. Um, I didn't love it when it first came out, but I quickly came around to a couple songs on that album that I still really like now. And now I, I feel like now that we know more about her, mm. I can look at it in such a different view than when it first came out. And we only heard, look what you look what you made me do, which was like almost annoying to a point, but it's like kind mm-hmm. of funny because she's goofing herself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I guess I don't think we became hardcore fans until Folklore, which is one of the two albums that spawned this whole podcast project. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Back to my original question that I asked you to answer <laughs> <laughs> after that. Um, I had heard the original as well. Um, and I was just never quite taken with it. And I know that people were really into this song. I like this song has built an audience because it is yes. a really great breakup song. Um, and to me, this still had like, I, I re-listened to it, you know, in preparation for this podcast. Um, and it still has a Southern twang to it that I don't hate. I do like that about that album in particular she still hadn't lost that part yet but it's no. really it's really interesting because i feel like the difference between when this was recorded and it being so close in time to when the events actually took place and then the re-recording the re-recording to me is way more emotional than like this original version Yes. I feel that way too. And I think that's why I'm finally like, oh my God, I get it. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't know, maybe that's because she's looking back like 10 years later, you know, it's like, I guess a ride or die, you either feel like really removed for it Mm -hmm. or you're really like, wow, this was one of those core pieces that is in the portfolio of my artistry. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like this one, she, she's doing such genuine things with it that like, that's hard to fake. And just like in her performance and her like showmanship with this so far, she's been so emotive with it that I, I think it is genuine. I think this song really is one of those like just proud moments in her artistry or just like yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's like, this is, I, this is one of the greatest songs of all time. This is one of the greatest songs I, of all I time. I would agree. Yeah. It's 
really good. <laughs> it's so good. And in particular, the 10 minute version. Like, yeah, yes. But watching this wave overtake everyone, like it came out on a Friday and then like that whole weekend, she played SNL on a on yep. Saturday. Mm-hmm. She, instead of doing two songs, she played this all the way through, which I believe is the first time in SNL history that an artist has ever done this. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was so taken with it immediately and just like all, it was all consuming. Mm-hmm not even just red, but like all too well was all consuming. Mm -hmm. And, um, you could not get away from it. If you tried, I think that is, that was just like a cultural moment. Like it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, well, the video is like absolutely amazing. It's incredible. It's the first short film Taylor ever directed. She wrote the script. She picked the people like by hand, she was like, if Sadie Sink does not want to do this, I'm not doing it, which is hilarious because if you don't know who Sadie Sink is, she is the kid from Stranger Things, the redheaded girl. And it was really hard for me to like see her as this adult. Adult. Yeah. I was like 12 year olds on the show. Yeah. I was like, what? who like I was like so uncomfortable at first and then I was like okay I need to like remove myself from what I know of her and focus on the (laughs) story that's happening in front of me um so yeah absolutely such she did she killed it like this is this is a masterpiece and yeah you know how I am about visuals and videos in particular like this is everything I wanted it to be wow I'm shocked I know <laughs> that's I mean 10 minutes five stars for all 10 minutes of that film all really all 100% 100% the dialogue good. is good, good. Ugh. the the way well, it's filmed is beautiful and it's so interesting because like she wrote the script but she gave both Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien like areas to improvise, improvise yeah so the big fight they have in the kitchen Improvised, improvised. <laughs> they, improv- they improvised. They improvised that big fight, um, <laughs> and they did it really well. They did. Oh God, it was so good. Yeah, it was almost hard to watch, which was exactly what it needed to do. Especially that moment where they they have this like blowout fight. The music stops. They have the fight. The music starts after. Um, mm-hmm. The fight is uncomfortably long. It feels mm-hmm. like you are standing in your friend's kitchen watching your friend and their partner fight. And you're just like, oh, fuck, they forgot I'm still here. And I, this is all happening so fast. I don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I felt like she put you right there. Um, even though it was a private moment between them, it was funny how like you could see it from both ways. You felt like you were in the room with them but you also recognize it was just the two of them. Um, the colors were beautiful and mm-hmm. the like just like cinematography. I know Dylan O'Brien had mentioned that she had sent them like lookbooks to really explain her idea for this, um, this short film. So she really seemed to be, you know, covering all aspects of like what would make an interesting piece of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it really does show her, ability to like visually articulate something 
And it's just, she's just such an artist. It's so cool. She's the coolest. Yeah. She's so cool. She is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's wonderful. There, there are so many lyrics in this song that are just amazing. Like so many. Um, you taught me about your past thinking your future was me. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that line hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just like, I, I don't even have words because she stole them. So, um, and <laughs> the other line, and I was thinking on the drive down anytime now, he's going to say it's love. You never called it what it was. Yeah. That one's really good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you get into the extended 10 minute portion that we're getting for the first time mm-hmm. or just between us did the love affair maim you too. Oh, the word maim is such a, yeah, that's a really it's, powerful it's word. A really powerful word. Mm-hmm. That's like near death. Like, yeah. yeah, it hurts so bad. And just like a sting, like maim to me just like has such like a, like it almost decapitated you. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what it is to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then and I mean, I, the original line, so casually cruel in the name yes, of being honest. Is yes. Yes. In the same vein of like, there was such a cruelty there. And um, that's tough. Mm-hmm. So to like express that in art is really interesting. And um, to be that vulnerable, I think is really an interesting move that, especially in Taylor's case, people weren't so keen to accept you know, how much she wanted to express her feelings and what she wanted to write about in her personal story. And that narrative is flipped on its head and people love it now, which is great. Like there is nothing wrong with it. It can be uncomfortable, but Mm -hmm. it's her experience. It's how she felt. And it's, you know, that's in her writing and she doesn't hold back in this song in particular. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely just breathtaking, like, and just so real. Um, did you watch your SNL performance? I did. Yep. That yeah. was really crazy. Um, I They played the, the film in the back and I was so surprised and elated to see that they used this other like interactive feature that she had like leaves falling when it was mm-hmm. fall. And then as soon as she mentioned the first snowfall, they start dropping snow on her till the end of the snow, to end of the snow, until the end of the song, <laughs> until the end of the snow. But it gave you even more so a sense of time change and just mm-hmm. like when this relationship happened, um, which is like interesting in itself that we assume that this relationship happened in fall, right? She mentions that and then she mentions the snow. So this, although short relationship happens at like such a transformative and pivotal time, Mm, mm -hmm. like arguably the most, because Mm -hmm. you kind of go from summer, fall, to fall, fall, to winter, fall, to first winter, to midwinter, to dark winter. So she, her relationship seems to go from mid fall to first winter. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of just like stuff to go through and can make time seem like it is not passing slower, but maybe that, the amount of time is longer, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've hit so many transition points during this. So although three month relationship and, you know, time is fake anyway, so feelings can do whatever they want. The time (laughs) of year, I think plays even more to that. So I'm glad they did that on SNL. I thought that was so cool. 
and just so beautiful. Um, yeah. And it wasn't just the film playing behind her because they brought these elements of the film into like real life. And I think that was really um, what made it better than just watching Taylor play in, in front of the film we had already all seen. So it wasn't like they were playing it for the first time, but like mm-hmm. to see it come alive like that was really cool. Yeah, it was a whole production, which they, like you said, they don't normally do that on SNL. So the fact that there were props and like stuff they had to clean up after like this whole thing. um, And that was like wild to me. I was like, man, they really went all out here Um, and good. And they should have. So I'm glad that they did. She deserved it. So good. Yeah. Um. So then we we should also talk about the sad girls autumn version. Yeah. So I, know, I, almost, said, I almost said sad girl summer autumn version. Is that what? It's, <laughs> like no. No, it's sad girl autumn. Sad. We're we're mixing the main. Sad yeah, summer. we are. Oh my god! Can the main do a cover of something? I thought oh! a cover of. Um, I've been really stuck on. I really love. I bet you think about me. I think that would be a fun song. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, it would be so good to hear them do one. State of Grace would be really cool. Mm. Anything, anything, anything the man does is great. So it's fine. Yeah, they can do whatever. Take your pick and I'll love it. So, (laughs) and then we'll have Sad Girl Summer. Yes, Sad Girl Summer Autumn. (laughs) (laughs) But she released a version of um of this ten minute all too all too well song that is branded the sad girl autumn version and she recorded it at long pond studios which you've been following anything with folklore she um ended up doing her disney plus special there and that's is that where she no because she recorded that in her house but they went through and did like a a live version kind of Mm -hmm. this long pond studio session version of um folklore Mm -hmm. and it's just this cabin in upstate new york kind of a magical place but isn't it funny that all these years later, she's working on stuff in upstate New York and this song is about a trip or a, a big time. One moment of this relationship was about a trip up to New, upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful little tie in there. Um, and it's, it's really well done. I actually think, I think this is my favorite version. Oh, okay. Because I love how she plays with her voice. I love that there's certain, certain lyrics that she, like where her voice is lower versus where in the 10 minute version that she just re-recorded is like a little bit higher. The only thing I will say though, about this version of the song is the part where she does say, you call me up again, just break me like a promise is stronger in the other version than it is in this yeah. version. But overall, yeah. I think that I because in this version, it sounds more like a memory to me. In the Sad Girl Autumn version? Yeah. I could see that because it does have a dreamy, like, it's a, it's definitely a stripped down, softer version. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see that, that, yeah, the nostalgia is stronger. Yeah. It's almost hmm. like she, you know, she wrote this song years ago. It's on Reg. And then she's like, you know what? I'm going to take that song out and play it again. And she's alone in her bedroom and she plays it. And like, that's how yeah. I like to kind of imagine it. And that, well, that was probably one of the first things she had to do. I mean, granted she's been performing this in, in stadiums for years, but like when she was like, okay, we're doing it. We're actually, we're going to re-record red. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she had to sit down and work that out and revisit it in that way that she hasn't necessarily 
referred to it as, you know? That's true. Yeah. That's so true. I think here you are getting that energy, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I think it's, it's just, it's really good. I liked that version of it a lot and actually didn't know that version existed until you sent it to me. And then it had just come out this past week. So like, I think it came out on the 17th. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it, it dropped like a week after red, um, and was just like a surprise drop. And everyone was like, wait, what's this? So good. More Taylor more. Yes. (laughs) Um, all right. So I think we, I, I at least really want to talk about something. So there obviously is a lot of heat out there against Jake Gyllenhaal, JG, we'll call him. Um, and I have a question for you. So there's a lot going on in the internet, obviously, around yeah. just people going for him, canceling him, like all of this stuff. There's a lot of hilarity on TikTok, which I think is there's a lot of really funny people like saying funny things. But I also have this other side of it. I saw this other side of it rather, where um people were saying, you know, is that too much? Like, are people going too far? Um, are because there was like there's people doing ridiculous things now, even with John Mayer, where they're like messaging him Did and you saying see, that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. So let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Um Someone, so now that, you know, these versions are rolling out, people were kind of like, haha, Joe Jonas, she's going to do something. And then that song wasn't so bad. And then, you know, All Too Well is so iconic in that fandom that everyone just like hates the shit out of Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Um, even though to her credit, she's never said it's about him, but everyone right. together with photos. She will not so- have his name. I think that's really nice. And it would just be pandemonium if she did. Can you imagine? Like- well, yeah, here's the thing, right? Do you think that she's at all responsible for the actions of her fans and how they no. are? Yeah. Okay. No, cool. because she has, I watched an interview right before the short film and everyone's been, I feel very bad for her because everyone's been trying to get her to say it, like just confirm it. And someone said, everyone thinks this is about a certain actor. Uh, What do you have to say now that it's 10 years later? You know, do you finally want to say what it's about? And she went, you know, it's with this being 10 years out in the world now, I think the song is about whoever you need it to be about. Like everyone has taken the song into their lives and resonated resonated with it so much that it's not even about one person anymore. I thought that was a great answer. So no, I do not think she's responsible because that's insane. Mm-hmm. So if someone are a lot of people have been messaging John Mayer because he's going to come up. Um, and um, he responded to one of the death threat messages he got. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Hey, I've been getting a lot of these. Um, I decided to randomly respond to yours do you really hope that I die? And the girl was like, oh my God, I didn't even think you'd ever see this. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he was like, like, no, can we just like have a conversation real quick? Like, do you understand that? Like, there's a real person on the other end of like a social media account. And she went, well, you'd never interact with other people. So we didn't think you'd see it. it. It's just like a joke. It's just a joke. And he goes like something like, do you understand how this would hurt my feelings? Um, and she was like, yep now that I've been like now that I've been called out and you're seeing it like I get it now and he was like you know thanks for listening like no need to be sorry it's you know it's okay like have a good rest of your day he was really I was very impressed at how he handled it and how I feel about this whole Jake Gyllenhaal thing with the whole internet hates him and it's like it's 
it's like funny, right? It's funny because haha, like it's not like any of us are planning to do something bad to him. Like that's we're just like, oh, we've all had shitty boyfriends and we're projecting our shitty boyfriends onto Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing brands jump onto this because it's marketing gold at this point. Like there was a, a tweet from the Sour Patch Kids account and it was like, happy red day. Where's Jake? We just want to talk or something. So we did a bunch of things like that. So bad. But I also feel like, you know, it's not like Taylor's come out and said like, I was sexually assaulted or I was abused or I was like, he was a shitty boyfriend. Mm-hmm. we've all been shitty partners at some point we've all had shitty partners it's a difference between just like being a shitty partner and being abusive right and I just it's I don't know I just wonder like how this would fare for someone's mental health to like wake up and see that like the whole world hates your guts mm-hmm. um over something like that you never know where someone's mental health is especially like where you know all of us regular um, peasants are like, (laughs) (laughs) we've had such a hard two years. Like we need to go to therapy and this has been the hardest time of our lives and blah, 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 blah. And it's, that's all true. But like, we, we need to recognize that that is the case for everyone and Mm -hmm. celebrities aren't untouchable. And like, you know, I don't know. I just think you never know where someone's mindset is. So I hope that this isn't touching on any raw nerves because it's like it's bullying yeah it's funny like isn't some of bullying funny like that's why kids do that because it's funny like fuck the person it's about like if everyone else is laughing that's a fun time but so I think it's just gone too far at this point and it's like I I worry I don't think that she's responsible number one because that's like you can't control what your fans are gonna do and she has not added fuel to this fire she just released a song and everyone knows who it's about and she hasn't said anything about it yeah and And i think her friends we don't have any autonomy in going to shame her ex-boyfriend and um as someone who has had a previous friend um, accost an ex behind my back, uh, that was one of the worst feelings in the world. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, there's no one gets to handle your situation unless you give them consent to handle your situation or unless you handle it yourself. That's not fair. Yeah. And it's creepy to me that people are taking it upon themselves to um, harass people that have been in her life when they will never meet her or they, mm-hmm. even if they do meeting someone for 15 seconds gives you no credibility ground to do that. I don't know. Yeah. I just like, you wouldn't want someone else to do that to you. So like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's, it's, it's odd. It's an odd behavior. That's, that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But that's the power that all too well holds. It's a very interesting <laughs> dichotomy yeah. of good and weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's the result of seeing that come out in 2012 when social media was still a very relatively new concept mm-hmm. and seeing this come out again in 2021, where every single person has access to social media if you have access to technology. Mm-hmm. 
and then everyone has an opinion and it's, and people are more reachable. Like you can DM Jake Gyllenhaal, you can DM um, John Mayer, you can DM Taylor Swift. Like, Well, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. I'm glad that we both are on the same page. Yeah, I'm happy to hear you feel the same way because I do feel pretty like strongly about how this is playing out. And yeah. um, I just like really hope that no one gets hurt. I just wish there was more kindness. That's all. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really interesting to see what a lot of these fans have in terms of like thoughts on conspiracies of like, what is she going to do next? And, you know, she does leave a lot of hints woven throughout her work, which is really, I think, a cool thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've seen a lot of TikToks saying like, I think the scarf means virginity and he took her virginity. And I feel oddly about people making those assumptions. Mm -hmm. and I think it fuels people even more to go after him. And then, and then they're saying things like, you took her virginity and you didn't even treat her well. What? Who are that's you insane. to know those things? Right. And like, that's insane. Yeah, that is really so, crazy. I've seen a lot of things like just have been carried away. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, it's so fun to be in it and to be fully experiencing something. But like, why do we have to do this at the cost of anyone else? And also, like, I don't know. I, I wonder how Taylor feels about people talking about, like, the loss of her virginity. Like, yeah, that's not that's such a personal fine. thing. I feel strange. Yeah, yeah. That's such <laughs> like, a personal thing. Since I didn't put that in there. Like, I wasn't, I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that to be part of the conversation. Like, mm-hmm. I just said scarf. Whether scarf means something or not, like. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. Yikes, man. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> but anyway, oh. bravo, Taylor. Oh. You're doing great things. Um, yes. You're making great art and we love you for it. And I'm sorry for crazy people on the internet. Yeah. And, oh. you know, just know that we stand with you and your great artwork and music yes. and music. And we don't feel the need to DM any of your ex-boyfriends. I, no, I would, no. But we're excited for you to re-release more things. Yes, always. Um, Specifically 1989. So can we have that next? Oh, I'm excited to see what's coming out for that. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to see who's um, on the features. Um, uh, A certain Miss Haley Williams was featured heavily in the video for bad blood and did mm-hmm. a laugh track damn like let's get her on a song yeah they should do a song together <gasps> okay <laughs> well that's that um that was a good mini that was a solid mini yeah, that thanks. was a solid mini thanks for listening guys hope you enjoy all too well as much as we do and we'll catch you on another mini catch you on the flip Catch you on the flip. <laughs> Thanks for listening into this podcast. This show is part of the Trainwreck Entertainment Podcast Network. For more content 
go check out trainwreck.com. You know, you might just find something else on there that you like.